This edition of The Wellness Prescription is brought to you by Healthy Planet, your source to healthy living. Welcome, everyone. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you all for joining me today. I'm so thrilled to be joined once again by Dr. William Lee. He is a world-renowned physician, scientist, speaker, and author of Eat to Beat Disease, the new science of how your body can heal itself. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Dr. Claudia. Pleasure to be back. I love talking about food, but I especially love talking about it with you because you remind me how vitally important it is to eat well for our wellness. Previously on the show, we've discussed your first book, Eat to Be Disease, and in this first groundbreaking book, you explore the world of food as medicine. So by eating foods that we already love, we can activate our five defense systems. And just to remind our listeners, what are those five defense systems that are activated by proper nutrition? Right. Our body is hardwired with defenses that protect our health. And the reason that we stay healthy is really because these systems that we were born with are firing on all cylinders to uh, repel diseases from the day we're born to our very last breath. They are, one, our uh, angiogenesis, which is our circulation, uh, good blood flow to every cell and organ of the body. Two, it's our stem cells, our ability to regenerate and heal from the inside out. Number three is our gut microbiome, this colony of incredibly important health-giving bacteria that acts on our uh, behalf. Um, we feed them, they pay us back with good health. Um, the fourth one is our DNA, more than a genetic code, our DNA protects us by fixing errors that can occur in our body. Think about it as our body's own spell check. And then fifth is our immune system, um, which of course we now know after what we've been through in the world over the last three years, more important than almost anything else that we can think of, except that people don't realize that our immune system not only protects us from invaders from the outside world, like bacteria and viruses, good strong immune system protects us from invaders inside our body, like cancer. Not only do these systems function on our behalf, and they work together as well, but the foods that we eat can activate them so that we can raise our shields. And by the same token, when we choose poorly, there are foods that we can eat that can also take them down. They can destroy our shields as well. Food has the ability to heal and eating well can also kind of defeat our genetics. So in an instance of, um, you know, a family history of diabetes and cardiovascular disease, eating better can actually kind of defy that because you're keeping those five defense systems in check. So somebody who says, oh, I have a family history of diabetes, I'm kind of doomed. That's not necessarily the case. What the new science of the body actually teaches us is that I would say well in excess of 80% of our fate is really based on how we decide to live our lives. And that point of deciding is really key. Life doesn't happen to us. We actually make choices as we navigate to it, but we have the ability to adapt wherever we are, when it comes to diet, nutrition, whether you're shopping in the grocery store, in a bodega, in a big city, the choices that we make really are influential because it's not just there's some superfood or super supplement that actually can be a cure-all. That, that's a dream that doesn't come true. You know, we make choices that are inherently good, beneficial. There's some foods, but it's not just about the food. It's about how our body responds to what we put inside it. And if we carry, carry that, uh, when we sit down at a restaurant and look at a menu or, you know, open the fridge or our pantry or start planning uh, dinner, then we're actually, or even stand in front of a buffet line wondering what to actually take. 
it allows us to actually really do something on behalf of our own body. When it comes to our stem cells, after reading your first book, I realized our stem cells are so sensitive to uh, things like smoking, alcohol, uh, a lot of sugar. They, they are affected by that. So what is the role of our stem cells in our body and what foods can we consume to protect them and help them regenerate? Because I realize they are a big part of what keeps us healthy. You know, a lot of people misunderstand what stem cells are because at least in some parts of the world, you can go to a drive to a strip mall and find somebody that's willing to inject you with stem cells. And as a researcher who has been involved with developing stem cell therapy, cellular therapy through the traditional path of biotechnology, I can tell you having stem cells that have the capability of regenerating your organ, whether it's a heart or a brain or a spinal cord, it is so staggeringly amazing to see that it can work. But really, at the commercial level, it's not ready for prime time yet. Not ready to be approved, not ready to be given out wide, broadly. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. Like what we need to continue to do in the research world is to look for just the right, how to optimize this so that it becomes broadly available. However, I will tell you what's amazing is that we can, we don't have to wait for that. We can actually activate our body's own stem cells. So what are stem cells? Stem cells are what we were actually all originally made out of when we were in our mom's womb, we were just a ball of cells. Well, to begin forming our human selves, these cells, C-E-L-L-S, were stem cells. They could form anything. They could form blood vessels and nerves and fat and bone and cheeks and brain. And that's what they actually did. So dependent on our stem cells to develop in the womb that we had more than we need to create a fully formed human being. And when we're born, it turns out that we all have about 75 million extra stem cells. It's like extra cans of paint when you're actually, you know, repainting your house. You don't want to run out before, you know, your last couple, your last wall. You want to have a few extra cans. Well, we have 75 million extra stem cells. And what we do is we, when we're born, we pack them into our bone marrow, our skin, our lungs, our liver. And then what happens is that over the course of our lives, we actually call upon these stem cells to go into our bloodstream whenever we need to repair something, fix something to renew ourselves. So we actually regenerate from the inside out, which is really, really cool. Foods that can actually help us, dark chocolate, black tea, olive oil protects uh, stem cells, omega-3 fatty acids. So barley uh, and, and other grains can actually stimulate stem cells. Of all these foods, I'm telling you, we actually know exactly what the compound is. Research has really figured out what are the specific chemicals in these things? One of the most astounding things that I discovered in my research is that we can actually eat to help regenerate ourselves. That to me is the most fascinating thing about eating well. And it's one of the things that I actually talk about a lot in my own practice because I treat people who have, um, you know, pain, discomfort, you know, athletic injuries, um, you know, but one of the things that I always start with is if you want to reduce inflammation from an injury or a recovery from an athletic event, you have to eat well. So, you know, after a run or after a race, instead of going through a drive through and buying like a $5 egg McMuffin or whatever it is, like whatever product you like, have a you know, a container of blueberries that are $5. And that's what you're going to be use, utilizing to regenerate and to, you know, get those stem cells activated and heal you from the inside out. So we actually don't need a lot of supplementation. We actually don't need a lot of extra stuff. Uh, we, we can actually consume it and our body can utilize it and do what it needs to do because it knows what to do with it. We have that innate intelligence. Fact is that those whole foods 
like a blueberry, for example, you know, they're nutrient dense, which means that not only do they actually have the stem cell activating anthocyanins, which is the chemical in blueberries that we, one of the chemicals in blueberries that we know is really helpful uh, for, but there's dietary fiber, there's all these other polyphenols as well. So um, unlike supplements where somebody has actually poured stuff, stuff into a capsule or, or you, you know, you put a capful and dissolve it in water, foods just give you so much of a total solution much smarter than you can actually design in a factory. So I wholeheartedly agree with you. If you are into fitness, you've got to realize your body's defenses, specifically your stem cells, your own regenerative healing process is really important for you to recover from workouts, um, to be able to actually rebuild. I mean, actually working out breaks down your muscles. It's really that recovery period that allows you to build it back up. And when it comes to our microbiome, because I know it's extremely important, it's one of the, and, and it's it's made a lot of news. People are starting to catch on that our gut microbiome is really important, and it's important to feed it properly because we can have a gut microbiome, but if it's not fed well and it's not you know it's not serving its purpose. So how do we? How does the gut microbiome affect our you know aging and affect you know how is our food? affecting our gut microbiome. Whenever we eat something, we don't think much more beyond that, but it turns out that everything that our human selves are, is not absorbing from a nutrient perspective, tumbles down below our gut bacteria, get the leftovers, so to speak. And those leftovers are critical. They're the primary food of our gut bacteria. Every single day when we eat, we are not only feeding ourselves, we're feeding our gut bacteria. Just like if you had a pet cat, dog, goldfish, parakeet, whatever it is, you want to be mindful and feed them every day. Now, just like if you had a pet at home you were feeding, the quality of the food actually matters, uh, whether your pet is going to want to eat it and thrive what you're, what, whatever, with whatever you're feeding them. So too, our gut bacteria. Now, our gut bacteria loves fiber. They subsist off of fiber and polyphenols and other micronutrients. So prebiotic foods are really, you know, people can sometimes get confused, like what's a prebiotic? Really, it's mostly dietary fiber. And there's some other polyphenols that can also feed our gut bacteria. So whole foods, especially plant-based foods, are really, really rich in fiber. I mean, everything from avocados to kiwis to broccoli, asparagus, you know, uh, you name it. Good dietary fiber feeds our gut microbiome. Really, their gut microbiome is all about healthy bacteria. When I went to medical school, I spent weeks learning, memorizing, and regurgitating um, the, the names of bacteria that we were taught must be killed. As it turns out, in, you know, in, our, in our lifespan, most of the bacteria that we meet are inside us, and most of those bacteria are good. Rarely, we meet a really, really bad actor. Okay, And yeah, maybe you need to do something that, you know, that can actually overcome that. But we need to respect this, the healthy bacteria that are actually in our gut. The probiotics, fermented foods, kimchi, uh, uh, yogurt, uh, uh, sauerkraut are, are great examples. Pickles even um, actually can uh, be really good uh, sources of uh, bacteria. Anything fermented. Um, by the way, there's even a tea that is actually fermented. There's some, a, a kind of Chinese tea called pu'er tea, P-U apostrophe E. E-R-H, comes from the village of Puer, but this was a, um, a thousand-year-old tea that was originally grown to be traded along the Silk Road, where regular teas would never survive that long journey, and so the tea was fermented before it was traded and brought on camelback, and so turns out that that's a probiotic tea, which is really cool. 
you can drink a tea that's actually a probiotic. When we come back, Dr. William Lee's new book, Eat to Beat Your Diet, coming out this March 21st, 2023. This is The Wellness Prescription on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Have a question for Dr. Claudia? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us info at 1059theregion.com. The Wellness Prescription with Dr. Claudia on 1059 The Region. You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to The Wellness Prescription. Before the break, Dr. Lee explained our five defense systems, stem cells, as well as our microbiome. Now I want to learn all about his latest book, Eat to Beat Your Diet. So I know you're really excited about this book because uh, you've told me about it. And I'm excited to hear about what is the difference? What is in this book that is going to transform my life and the lives of everyone who reads it? Well, my first book, Eat to Beat Disease, was really about your body's health defenses and how to stay, use foods to avoid uh, chronic diseases. <clears throat> and one of the things that I uh, noticed after my book was published is that people were writing me. I received thousands of emails and letters for people telling me that not only were they feeling better, and a few of them said their doctors helped them come off of medication. The other thing that was really surprising to me is I began receiving a stream of letters for people telling me that, you know, they were able to lose weight when they couldn't lose weight before. But when I started to get dozens of these letters all telling me the same thing, something really odd struck me, which is how could you be eating more food, even food that's good for you and lose weight? Um, that converged with my, my own research in metabolism. And so my second book, Eat to Beat Your Diet, teaches you how you don't need to go on a diet in order to optimize your metabolism, which then helps you fight harmful body fat. And how many times have we all heard, you're either born with a fast or slow metabolism, or my sister was lucky, she got a fast metabolism, that's why she's skinny as a stick and can't eat anything. And I unfortunately was not. And so that's why I struggled with my weight my whole life. Turns out, that, that there's brand new science, some of the metabolism that completely upends everything that we thought we knew. There's a new textbook of human metabolism that's been written. And what I, what I write about this book is not only what that new science is, but what are we learning about body fat, good fat, bad fat, and how do we learn about the foods that can actually help us amplify our metabolism and fight body fat at the same time? People don't understand that the whole calorie counting era where you're counting calories was actually counterproductive to losing weight because you're not necessarily eating good calories and you're not contributing to your diet that's going to help you burn the bad fat. Because there is good fat, there's bad fat, and you do need some fat on your on your body. Fat is not one kind of tissue. It's not just jiggly and, and a blob. There's different kinds of fat. There's white fat and brown fat. White fat is kind of jiggly and it's close to the surface. And then there's visceral fat or vat, which is packed inside our bodies. Even if you're skinny, you can have a bunch of this visceral fat, gut fat packed inside your skinny frame. And then there's brown fat, which is paper thin, it's wafer thin, and you can't see it because it's close to the bone. It's not on the surface. And each of these fat pieces of fat does something different, healthy for you. When you see a healthy baby, it makes you smile, right? What is it that looks so, what, what do you, how do you know a baby's healthy? It's fat and chubby. It's got these big fat cheeks and, you know, ch chubby tummy. And it's got arms and legs that look like a balloon animal that was made in the circus, right? I mean, you know that that is something healthy. If you, on the other hand, if you saw a baby with chiseled model cheeks and thin legs, 
you think that there was something seriously wrong with that baby because it doesn't have enough body fat and you'd be completely correct. People don't know this, but we've actually figured out when fat develops in the body all, completely. Mom's egg met dad's sperm, ball of cells started to form. The first tissues that form are your circulation because you need blood flow for every organ. Second tissue that forms are nerves. They get laid down because every organ needs to get signals to tell them what to do. Third tissue that forms remarkably is body fat. Little globs of fat actually start to form around blood vessels. What these little globs of fat are, they are actually fuel containers. They store fuel. And basically that's our energy. That's our energy system. And so we've had body fat before we even had a face that you could stuff with food. That's the key thing. And when babies are born, they're beautiful when they're chubby. All right. And then the thing is that, you know, the other part of the, about body fat to realize is that our fat is an actual organ. Not only does it insulate us and keep us warm, it, and not only is it a cushion to prevent us from our organs from rupturing if we to fall on the ground, but our fat actually communicates and releases hormones like your thyroid, like your adrenal gland. Our fat releases hormones that actually control our brain and our behavior. So we need healthy fat. What we don't want is excess fat. We don't want to get rid of all of our fat. We want to tame it. And that's really what the core essence of this book is. How do you tame that fat? Okay. And how do we use that in alignment with foods that we actually enjoy? In your book, you also make the connection. So having, getting rid of the unwanted, or I guess the unneeded fat, because you don't need excess of it, and can improve our metabolism, but it can also increase our lifespan. So I'm, I'm there. I want to live as long as I possibly can. So how does my diet and getting, helping my body get rid of the fat that it doesn't need, how does it improve and increase my lifespan? The moment we're born, we're starting to die. So how do you actually ex extend that period for as long as possible? And how do you do it with the highest quality so that you enjoy the time you have? What are the things that actually um, shorten our lives and, and cause suffering? All right. Inflammation is one of those things. Uh, when you have a lot of inflammation, um, you start to fall apart. You start to develop diseases that really degrade every part of your body. Oxidative stress is another thing that actually um, shortens our lifespan. Um, the, let's call it the, it burns the fuse faster, our life fuse. And so we want to be able to protect uh, ourselves against that oxidative stress, that damage um, that can actually uh, happen uh, in our body. Uh, and what we actually want to be able to do is to streamline our metabolism because we need our energy to be flowing. Okay. So think about the body like a car. It's got an engine. It needs fuel. Our fuel that we use to operate our body's engine comes from food. All right. And so when our fuel tank that in our body actually starts to register low, we get hungry. So what do we do? We pull over to the dining table, to a restaurant, to the refrigerator to fill up. Your metabolism runs on your fuel, just like your car runs on gas. Now, the quality of the gas you put in your car can affect how long your engine will run. The quality of the fuel, the food that you put into your body will affect how long your body's engine is also going to run as well. What we eat that translates into fueling up our body and how much trouble it causes our body or how smoothly it allows our engine to run has a powerful effect um, on, our, on our lifespan. In a car, it's very, it was designed very smart. When the gas tank is filled with petrol, um, there's a click uh, with a nozzle and it stops filling up. Now, our body, unfortunately, wasn't as quite as smartly designed. So when we sit down at the table, we can eat. And when our tank is 
full, we can still keep on shoving uh, fuel into our body. Now imagine if that clicker in the gas station didn't work. What would happen when the tank filled up? The gas would come out of the tank, run down side of the car, around the tires, pool around your feet, okay? And, and now you'd be standing in this very dangerous, flammable mess. Same deal in our body. When we actually overload on the fuel because we can't, we don't have that clicker. The more we load in, the more in, inflammation we stand in the middle of this pool of inflammation. Now, when we put extra fuel into our body by overeating, okay, what happens is that our body has to put the fuel someplace. Remember I told you that fat cells are the fuel tanks. And so first it stuffs it into the fuel tank and now all your, but you put, got so much fuel, all the, all the fat cells are full. Now you got to keep stuffing it. So now the fat cells get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Now you still have more fuel. Now your body has to generate new fat cells, new storage tanks, and now your fat grows more and more and more. The more fat you grow, especially the dangerous kind of fat like visceral fat, this is fat that wraps around your organs like a baseball glove. It is highly inflammatory. The more fat visceral fat you have, for example, um, the more inflammation you have. It derails your entire metabolism. Everything goes out of whack. It screws up your microbiome. It screws up at your stem cells. Pretty much your health defenses start to crumble. It's really dangerous to actually have too much excess body fat. So rather than sit around trying to count your calories, all right, what I think is better to do is to really kind of have this more dynamic understanding of the food as fuel and the, and the quality of the fuel and how important it is not for us not to overload our tanks. That is the best analogy, and it makes it so clear on how important it is because it's, it is it is fact and it's the truth. And I like that you are taking on the responsibility as a scientist to figure out all the difficult stuff and just pass on the message to the rest of us on what to eat, how to eat it, how to beat your diet, and make sure that you're fueling your body properly and with enough. I, I think that's that's like amazing. And I'm so, I cannot wait to get a copy of this book. Before we wrap up though, I want to ask you about fasting. So you believe that fasting for eight hours can be equally as effective as a 12 hour fast. We fast all the time. Okay. When we sleep, we're not eating, we're fasting. And when we get up in the morning, when we actually sit down and eat something in the morning after we get up, we're breaking our fast. We're eating breakfast. All right. And so really this whole idea of this trend and what it's all about um, is actually something we're really hardwired to do. So we are not only intermittently fasting, but we're also intermittently eating as well. So no big deal. I want to sort of demystify that. Timing does matter. When you sit down to eat something, whether it's a salad or whether it's a steak, the moment food goes in your body, it triggers off a chain reaction. The chain reaction it triggers, it causes a hormone called insulin made by your pancreas, one of your important organs, um, to, to go up in your blood. And insulin is not a bad guy. Insulin's actually a good guy. Basically, insulin says, oh, we have some energy. Let's start using that energy and pulling that energy into our cells so we can operate the engine. And if we've got some extra energy, we'll put them in a fat, all right? So when insulin is going up, when you're eating, your insulin is high, it's all about storing energy in your body. You can't, your body's hardwired, so you can't actually burn energy. You can't burn fat while you're loading up. Um, that's during the day when you're eating, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, for example. Now, when you're sleeping, insulin levels go down. And when your insulin levels are down, basically, it's, it's, it's a different switch that gets triggered. And now you're not storing any more energy. You can burn energy. 
So now your body says, okay, no more food, no more storage. Let's start burning. Where did this whole idea of intermittent fasting and 12 hours versus 16 hours, you know, the, the 16 and eight and 12 and 12 and all come about? Well, it turns out research has been done in animals to really try to understand, well, how does, what happens if you actually don't eat longer? Let's say that you um, eat dinner at seven, finish dinner at eight, all right? And you put your dishes away and you don't eat anything after that. No midnight snack, no noshing. And you go, and let's say you go to bed at 11 o'clock, all right? That's three hours of not eating. That's three hours of insulin levels are lower. Your body is switching into fat burning mode. All right, that's three hours you get in the evening. Now let's say that you actually sleep from 11 to seven. Let's say you get up at seven, all right? And now you shower, get dressed, read something, catch up on your emails, whatever it is, wait an hour. Now you've got uh, three hours before, um, uh, eight hours, that's uh, 11 hours, and then one extra hour, 12 hours where you're not eating. You're giving your body half the day to burn down extra fuel. That's actually beneficial. You can actually lose harmful body fat just by doing that. And the reason I gave you that analogy, Dr. Claudia, is because anybody can do that. That's just a pretty reasonable way of doing it. Now you want to go 16 hours. All right, now you got to actually eat a much earlier dinner, you know, or a much later breakfast. Listen, this is the demystification of intermittent fasting. This is how it works. 16 and 8, by the way, which is pretty severe. You know why, how they came up with 16 and 8? There's no magic number. It does work. 12 and 12 also works. Um, we know that it actually causes you to lose weight. You lose a little bit more weight, understandably, if you fast longer for 16 hours compared to 12, more fat burning time. It makes total sense. But that 16-8 was artificially, was an artificial time period that a researcher studying lab animals that were fasting to lab, lab animals just chose. And she chose that lab animal because her significant other didn't want her to spend time too much time in the lab. And so they agreed upon 16 and eight as the design of the experiment. So I'm just telling you, there's no magic uh, physiology here. That just happens to be what was published. Well, this episode, I learned so much and I'm going to share. So I learned that I'm going to eat some dark chocolate. I can have it every day, I gather. And I'm only going to fast for no more than 12 hours. Um, and I'm still going to have the fat burning benefits of a you know a 16 hour fast. So Dr. Lee, I cannot thank you enough for joining me. It's always amazing to chat with you. I can't wait for your new book Eat to Beat Your Diet coming out March 21st of this year, so March 21st, 2023. Um there are it is available for pre-order. Um so everybody get on that bandwagon and if listeners want to learn more about you and find out more about the work that you do, how can they do that? Yeah, anybody who wants to find out sort of the latest information that I, I put out in a stream uh, on my newsletter, come to my website and sign up. It's free, drdrwilliamlee.com. You can follow me on social on all the platforms, at drwilliamlee. I do master classes that people attend from around the world. They're also free. People who really want to get into it, I teach a, um, a, an online course, a four-week course. I do uh, metabolism mini courses. And my new book, it's got all kinds of um, great information. It's got 150 foods that are supported by human evidence. And I give you the dose of how much you actually need to eat based on the research. And so really, it's a, it's a fun book. It's got recipes that come out of my own kitchen. I hope everyone uh, enjoys as, as much reading it as I did writing it. 
That's amazing. You can always find me on Instagram at Claudia underscore Michaela or my website, ClaudiaMichaela.com. That's my show for this week. If you missed it, go to 105.9 The Region or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, and of course, Audible. I'm Dr. Claudia. Thank you for listening. I hope this helps you live your best life. The Wellness Prescription was brought to you by Healthy Planet. Order online at HealthyPlanetCanada.com or go online to find a location nearest you. 